Yes, indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like, why can't women put on mascara with their mouths closed? Hi, America. Hello, world. My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. Welcome to the show, More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites, and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains. With the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door she's snoring really well tonight she must have had a port and lemon before she went to bed so snuggle under your covers and turn out your light and hold on tight the rules are very simple points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shiver in horror extra points will be available for shock and awe value to help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show and we are completely live and unedited. What could possibly go wrong? So let me start by introducing tonight's guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations. She does all of her best work in the shadows and she is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather discovered this week that about every human has spent at least half an hour as a single cell. I believe a friend's episode is about half an hour long. Perhaps we regress. This is true. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Heather. Hello. It's true. Before we grow into fetuses, we spend about half an hour apparently. Watching friends. Watching friends. <laughs> and that dictates everything from that point in. Of course, everything you need to know about life obviously is in an episode of Friends. Oh, that's terrible. But it is true. We do start out as one single cell and we're a single cell for about half an hour. It's amazing some people just don't re progress from that point on. There's no sense of evolution with some, is there? I, we actually stopped at a pawn shop uh, maybe last week. And oh, sorry, I, a pawn shop? Yes, a oh, pawn okay. shop. Oh, OK, I thought we were getting confused with our little trips out to Mankato. <laughs> Christ, uh, I thought to the man behind the desk, what on earth is that? And he put it to one side and said, oh, that's my thermos vacuum flask. He was <laughs> drinking true. a cup of tea. I was worried. I was just going to say, I saw 15... 
if not more, seasons of Friends on sale at the pawn shop. That's how much everybody loves them. Wow. I it's just I, I, I don't have any affinity to that at all. It's a bunch of white middle class Americans that don't impact on my life in any way, shape or form. I was watching that occasionally in Britain and it just didn't resonate on any level with me and my experiences. That was all. I just thought I'd share that with you. I'm nothing against them personally. I've never met them. They're probably very nice people. You said if you wanted to torture yourself, you'd watch Friends. Oh, I'd, I'd rather have my intestines drawn out before my very <laughs> eyes than have to sit through a box set of that. So if you're wondering about a Christmas present for me... It's Friends. It's, it's, my, it's my lower intestinal tract and a shoehorn, apparently. We also have with us the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Elliptical. <laughs> yeah, if you've been putting on weight recently. Kim oh. is also a talented. And elliptical. I'm oh, sorry. God. She's a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim found this week that the porpoise is second only to man as the most intelligent animal on the planet. And to be fair, to back that up, I've never seen a porpoise at the Mall of America or watching a baseball game. Or so watching we, Friends. Absolutely. So, in fact, we could argue that they're in fact first, couldn't we? Is yes. where we are. Welcome to the show, Kim. <laughs> Hello. And you are looking resplendent. Finally, on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He's married to Kim, and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras and leads than the BBC outside broadcast department. I love the way I get down low on that. I could not physically get down any lower with that. I don't know why. Every episode, it's the same. Listen to this. He owns and operates more cameras and leaves than the BBC outside broadcast department. (laughs) I have no idea where that comes from. You listen, every week it's the same. If if I had another word in that sentence, you wouldn't be able to hear me and only dogs would be barking in the street. Here's our sound engineer and producer. Greg discovered that human birth control pills actually work on gorillas. Greg has been banned for life from the Como Park Zoo. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Greg. Hello. But my theory about Vin Diesel still stands up, I think. (laughs) Controversial. We are Series 2, Episode 24. 24 is a fabulous number. Firstly, points straight away. I will give Nathan some points because last week several listeners did write to me and say that one of the questions I asked early last week was where does where is Attica where in the world is Attica and uh, is in fact in Greece but Nathan did say New York and there is a place called Attica actually in New York so despite the fact that Nathan isn't reading any stories out he's actually storming into a lead because I feel bad about that yeah and no one complained they can be removed again so be aware of that <laughs> you know how this show works you've been here long enough so uh it's amazing to me that you know i do this show i've been doing the you know ver- versions of this show for the last two to three years now and the only people that write to me are those complaining about the way i dish out points is quite remarkable there's never a sense of well done adrian you're funny this week the show's informative i listen to it before i go to bed it's the best thing when i'm jogging it's always heather should have got two points for mentioning this nathan actually got this right blah 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 it's terrible <laughs> thank you supporters there we go i'm sure <laughs> it's your mother she probably sent them herself yes <laughs> <laughs> it's a ruse i tell you everyone's got secret email addresses and they're trying to get each other points i see how this works but you can get points early on because 24 the 24th wedding anniversary guess what the present is to get your loved one if you've been married for 24 years a wicker basket an instrument 
Yeah, I told you last week. This was part of last... You're not listening. There's no sense of learning, is it? It's like children coming back in September after having four months off of school. I've got to start again. This was seven days ago. 24 of his instruments. Nathan's getting more points. Nathan has no stories, no script. He's 3 nil up. You're letting the side down. Where are you? <laughs> Sleeping. I, I can see that. Christ. 24 is the instrument. Absolutely. We discussed this in depth. You do recall. I'm not making this up, am yes. I? Okay, you actually remember this. I'm not having some sort of moment where I was dreaming this because I ate too much cheese before I went to bed. This did take place, right? Okay, the I'll go with that. The specific instrument that you, me- that you mentioned was a pickle. Now, now I mention it, yeah. You're not going to get any points after the event for saying, yes, now you mention it, I do recall. 24 represents the number of carrots in 100% pure gold. 4 and 20 is the number of blackbirds baked in a pie. And the English nursery rhyme, sing a song of sixpence. Always difficult, of course, to work out what kind of wine to go with a blackbird pie. Does anyone know that rhyme over here? Is that just yes. a British thing? Okay, we're winning. Fabulous. I actually had a rook pie once. This is the God's Honest Truth. Many years ago in the early 90s. You ate a crow pie? Yes, I did. <laughs> yes. It's better than humble pie, which you'll be eating at the end. <laughs> <laughs> the word humble is a medieval word for the intestines. So if you couldn't afford food, you got the worst cut of meat, which was the intestines, and you made a pie out of it. So to eat humble pie is to eat a pie made out of an animal's intestines because you can't afford anything else. Did you know that? That's fun and informative. I shall give myself two points. (laughs) Why are you pulling a face? What's wrong with that? You had a chance to jump in and explain that. Well, I was just thinking to myself, if you call somebody humble, then you're calling them intestines. Yes, that is true. Don't call anyone humble with my, my best <laughs> advice or you're going to end up getting into a fight at a wedding or something. <laughs> but it is true. I, uh, many years ago in the 90s, I dated a farmer's daughter and uh, they had problems with rooks. A rook, of course, is a large crow. And uh, they went out and shot a load and uh, they had a big sack full of rooks. I'm sure there's a collective name, a murder of rooks or something. But... We did actually have rook pie. It tasted bloody awful. I was picking lead shut out of my teeth for weeks. In Brazil, the number 24 is associated with homosexuals. So Kiefer Sutherland is like a Brazilian Liberace in South America. Did you see what I did there? (laughs) Yes, I saw it. Informative. Fabulous. I did an investigation. I want to talk about my investigation I did at the weekend. I was in Sioux Falls. Uh, on last Saturday. South Dakota, for those of you who don't know. South Dakota. I was getting there. Yes, this is true. Did you know that Sioux Falls represents 29% of the entire population of South Dakota? Just in one one area. It's no good saying yes after the event. I'm not going to give you points for agreeing (laughs) with me. You asked a question. It was a yes or no question. I said yes. Yes. Okay. Well, you're right. I'll give you a point. This is true. (laughs) Come on, Kim and Greg. You're nagging behind. Well, you could bring Sturgis Bank Weekend then. Oh, the population of South Dakota doubles it, at that time, so then Sioux yes. Falls way behind. So does cases of chlamydia and herpes, I'm led to believe. Oh. <laughs> I did an investigation in Sioux Falls. There's a big monument there. It's called the Amadon Monument for the Pioneers. It's a big needle, a giant obelisk plunging itself into Mother Nature on the bluffs of Sioux Falls. It was uh, put up there. It was erected in 1949 to commemorate the deaths of two individuals there that died during the Sioux Uprising and the early struggles of the first pioneers to position themselves and to have a house 
and to break the land where the Sioux Falls Valley is. What's very interesting is that over the period of history, over a period of time, the individuals that died in the Sioux Uprising, they've lost where they were buried. They have no record of where these two individuals were buried. So just to give you some background story, there was a gentleman called uh, Judge Joseph Amadon, and he had some land there in a cabin, and he went out in the morning with his son, who was 18 at the time. His son was called William, and they went to gather some hay. This is 1862, and his son decided to take a gun, go into a cornfield and hunt for crows. See how all this comes together? Everything's mm-hmm. there for a reason, isn't it? And while he was hunting for crows, unbeknownst to the pioneers that were settling there, Little Crow had given orders to the White Lodge Band of Santee Sioux to kill every white pioneer that was residing in that valley. But obviously they didn't know that. So poor William goes wandering off into a cornfield to shoot some crows and he gets riddled with arrows, which is obviously very silent. It's stealth-like. And subsequently his dad, Joseph, goes out to look for him because he's not come back and he got shot with his own gun because they took the gun off of William and they shot Joseph. The wife was very shocked because they didn't come home at sunset. So she called out the uh, Company A of the South Dakota Cavalry that was based in Sioux Falls. They went out and found the bodies the following morning. They don't know precisely where those bodies are. There's several places they could have been buried. They think they may have been moved. But those two pioneers that got murdered out there in 1862, they do not know where they are now buried. So I thought it'd be fabulous to go to this monument that memorises or memorialises, should I say, their deaths and ask the spirits where their bodies are. Seems like perfect sense to me. The problem lies in the fact that, bearing in mind this is a state monument, there is not a single address online that tells you where this place is. I drove around Sioux Falls for 90 minutes looking for this needle. And you would think, overlooking the town, you would think you'd be able to find it. So first of all, I couldn't find it. I ended up tracking it down on the back of an industrial estate at a dead end without any road signs or any indication of pointers to where it is. From a cab driver? From a cab driver. No, I asked a cab driver at the airport. He didn't know either. I actually (laughs) did that. I ended up at the airport. I nearly ended up going to Michigan for the weekend. (laughs) It's very easy to get confused at airports, I might add. So I finally track it down. The wind is blowing through there like a gale. I mean, it is absolutely whistling through the highest part of Sioux Falls. So any audio recordings and EVPs were made redundant instantly. It's next to the airport. Every 10 minutes, there's a plane taking off and a plane landing. Laid out below me in Sioux Falls is the biggest railway depot you've ever seen in your life. Every 10 minutes, you heard as a train horn was sounded. It's next to Cliff Avenue, which has got to be one of the busiest roads in the whole of Sioux Falls. I've got everything going against me. When I get up there, I then discover that this little dead end, this little banjo of a road that leads to this monument, is the place to be for every amorous couple in Sioux Falls (laughs) and anyone who wants to make any kind of strange and illicit transactions. Every car was up there for about 10 minutes and then disappeared into the night again. It only took 10 minutes? Well, that was twice and I had a cigarette break. (laughs) Subsequently, I didn't get very good audio. But having said all those things were going against me, and at one point as well, very randomly, at about half past 11, there was a spontaneous firework display. I said to myself, how could this possibly get any worse for a paranormal investigation? And suddenly there was a firework display. So uh, never say that to yourself. Never say, how could this possibly be worse? Because the universe and God 
will in fact find a way. Having said all of those things, I turned on my ghost box. I put my earbuds in so I could not listen to all the sounds of amorous couples practicing the physical arts just 10 feet away from me. And I actually had two spirits come through. I said, who are you? And the guy said, I'm Frank. And I said, uh, what are you doing here? And he said, I'm dead. And uh, he said, we're here at the needle. And I said, you're absolutely right. We are. He's given me this information. He said, you're British. I said, well, that's well spotted. Absolutely. So he's very much with me in that moment. In fact, when the fireworks were going off, I could actually hear this guy saying things like fabulous. And that looks great in the background as these fireworks are going off. So he can see what I can see. I then had another gentleman come through. He said his name was Red. And Frank said, Red's a gentleman, but Red was shot. Red was buried in this area. And I'm thinking that Red may have been the nickname for Joseph Amadon, the guy that got shot through the heart by the Santee Sioux. Because I then asked, where are the bodies buried? And they said, well, they're not buried here. And I said, well, if they're not buried here, where are they then? And a very bizarre thing then happened. He said, company. And then he said, Duluth. And I sat there thinking to myself, there's no way those bodies are buried in Duluth. There's me in southern South Dakota. Duluth is northern Minnesota. There is, because I've looked it up, 366 miles between Sioux Falls and Duluth. So I dismiss this. I think this is just rubbish coming through on the radio. I finished the investigation because when I then said after the lightning display, what else could possibly go wrong? A thunderstorm came over with lightning bolts. The kind of lightning where you think God has trod on a Lego brick, he's that angry. And I'm sat at the highest point in Sioux Falls next to a giant needle in a lightning storm thinking, I really don't want to be helping my team on the next investigation from the other side. <laughs> Are you coming through, Adrian? Can you help us? Da, 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 da. Yeah, I'm here. Da, 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 da. That's how it's going to be. <laughs> so that's my best impression of a ghost box, by the way. I, haven't got I a thought you were saying pain. it was your best impression of you. <laughs> wow heather's on minus two well like i've got a speech impediment why don't you all f- 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 fade away talking about my generation yes i have i have not got a speech impediment <laughs> in these orthopedic shoes i stand corrected but <laughs> what i then discovered through historical research was they mentioned the word company and company a was the cavalry company that discovered the bodies and there was a guy there who was a sergeant and he was the one who took the bodies back i then discovered that one of the places the local historians think these bodies may have been buried in but they're not 100 percent sure was on the corner of 7th avenue and duluth avenue and it was the duluth avenue cemetery and i never knew that so ultimately oh. this conversation went on for about an hour and i'm just pricing it for you but ultimately these two spirits actually indicated to me i think fairly accurately that's where their bodies are buried hmm. so again i shall include that in my upcoming book the mysterious midwest if people are interested that's a sequel to my first book mysterious minnesota that's available in all good bookshops and on amazon so that was my weekend being electrocuted by lightning being involved in lots of illicit activities and watching amorous couples making out in the back of cars excellent yes i recommend it for anyone on a saturday <laughs> night in sioux falls we run into the round that is ghosts and hauntings greg is yet to score i am on two heather's on minus two and nathan is a, re- a resplendent lead with three points the good lord giveth 
and the good Lord can take us away. <laughs> Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? A dead man who sits up and hurls abuse at people who saved him. Oh. I know, right? Police in South London have recounted an extraordinary tale of a man they believe was dead, but he sat up and began hurling abuse at them. That sounds like South London. Was <laughs> this Croydon by any chance? Uh, uh, no, Kingston. Oh, Kingston. That's just yes. as nice, yes. The man was found lying unconscious following a suspected heroin overdose in Kingston. When paramedics attempted to perform CPS... I thought it was CPR too, folks. It's CPS. I think we probably invented it, so we'll go with what we use. CPS? Oh, absolutely. What does it stand for? Uh, no idea. Okay. Give me 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, what does it stand for in this country? CPR. Yes. No, what does it Cardio stand for? Cardiopulmonary resuscitation. Resuscitation. There you go. So, yeah. What's an S then? What would the S be? I don't know. I have to have a think about that. Okay. It's too early in the show. Let my brain chew on that for five minutes. <laughs> they were prevented, actually, by a group of furious men who claimed to be the man's friends and family. Paramedics arrived and gave the man six shots. Hang on yes, a second. Six, six shots of Is adrenaline. Is it R and S next to each other on a keyboard when you're typing? There's a keyboard in front of you, Kim. Let me have a... <laughs> Is R and S next to one another? No. no. So there couldn't be a typing error? No. So the man, it's just a journalist with fat fingers. My dad's got fingers <laughs> like sausages. Harry manages to dial a phone. Do you remember in the days where you had to turn the dial around all the way and back again? Yes. Yeah, so my, grand, my granddad, my dad had to use a pen because his fingers were so fat they couldn't fit in the, in the holes. Oh. I know. Why are you telling us that sad story about your dad? Well, it's not a sad story because when little push buttons came along, his life was made a lot easier. Then he had to use another pen because his fingers were too big for the buttons. No, he used a dictaphone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the paramedics actually gave the man six shots of adrenaline, instantly bringing him around. Wow. But police said the moment the ungrateful man regained consciousness, he began hurling abuse at the officers and ambulance crew. The offers, you know. PC, which stands for police constable. It does, yes. PC, police constable officer, yes. yes. Charlene Gregory, who attended the scene, told the Evening Standard, when I got to the scene, I thought this male had passed away. The ambulance crews looked very concerned and were working tirelessly to do the best for him. She added that his quote unquote friends and family refused to go to the hospital with him because they had quote unquote drinking to do. There you go. We can't go and see Uncle George die. We've got quality <laughs> drinking time. You've got to remember the pub shut at 11 o'clock in Britain. So they're limited time here. Uh, there were a group of street drinkers. You have those over there, eh? Well, I'm sure they spill out into the streets. Yes, there are places yeah. in South London I wouldn't want to go in. I had a German woman rent a room off me once, and she decided to go into London on a Friday night. She came back. At Sunday morning? Sunday morning. <laughs> she had a thousand yards stare. I've seen photographs of a similar look on people that were taken in the trenches during the First World War. <laughs> there were a group of street drinkers who wanted to get near the mail, stating... They were friends and family. Officers had to persuade them to move back so the paramedics could do their job. The area the crew were working in was so full of rubbish, the man was actually lying in wet mud. Uh-huh. Wet mud. Yuck. It, it wasn't <laughs> I've got all idea. their albums. Their third album was the best. <laughs> it wet wasn't, mud. It wasn't an ideal place for them to work, uh, I bet. Uh, the paramedics managed to save the man's life thankfully, and to everyone's surprise, he began shouting and swearing at the officers and ambulance crew. Do you think if they went on tour, they'd be called Mud on the Road? 
I just thought I'd share that. Oh, there is a story in there. Oh, you finished. My apologies. <laughs> I, shall, <laughs> I shall give you a resplendent two points, and you've raced up to zero. I have a story here that says ghost of long dead bishop caught on camera inside medieval cathedral. Is this a trick of the light or could this be the ghost of a medieval bishop lurking in the corner of a medieval church? Sales worker Kerry Launders, 29, went to Norwich Cathedral with partner Simon Tobe, 30. She took a lot of photos of the interior of the stunning 11th century building on her mobile phone camera. That must be something, isn't it, when I see, you know, when I read out a story in Britain where they're in an 11th century cathedral, it's just a joy. I'd love to take you all over there and show you these wondrous things. But it was not until she got home that she saw the shadowy figure in one of the images, staring down at her from an upper floor. The faceless form appears to be wearing long robes and a tall hat, and Kerry reckons it could be one of the dozen or so bishops that are buried in the cathedral. Kerry from Bury, Greater Manchester, <laughs> said, and oh, no, it's great, Kerry from Bury. Excellent. It was my first time in the cathedral, and it was really nice. I was taking photos of the arch on my camera, and that was that. There was nothing up there. But when I looked back through my photos, I saw something and had a proper look, and I thought, wow, this is a good picture. It looks like a bishop, and there's a lot of those buried there, with long clothing and a tall hat. Extra points will be going now for people that can tell me what the tall hat on a bishop is called. Okay, no points available there. <laughs> I'll go back to telling toilet jokes. It is a mitre. I wasn't scared when I saw it, though, because I believe in this sort of stuff. Kerry visited the cathedral in Norfolk last month on a day out with her family. The Gothic Grade 1 listed building is a stop-off point for a number of ghost tours. Builders working on surrounding building sites have also reported objects moving on their own. Visitors to the cathedral have also reported seeing ghostly figures moving around the cathedral. If people wish to see... That photograph of the ghostly bishop walking along the arch in Norfolk Cathedral. They can go to our website on Facebook. They can go to more questions than answers with Adrian Lee. And all of the photographs, stories and video footage from tonight's show will be there for you to look at. And perhaps you can pass comment on those and send me your information and details. One of the things about Norwich, it's got a fabulous cathedral, a Gothic cathedral from the 11th century. I don't know if you're aware of this. And bearing in mind this is in the round of the ghosts and the hauntings. If you look at a classic Gothic building, it has pointed windows. The arches go up into a point. And the reason they go up into a point is to stop the devil from sitting on the windows and from sitting on the doors. You may have seen on garages or sheds that wait why are you laughing at me it's true i tell you if you've seen a slope why is this funny what am i missing i've just I'm checked my zipper i'm just picturing you said the doors and the windows and i'm thinking you're saying why does the point go up like so their hats fit through so their hats fit through. <laughs> it's been a rough saturday night if a bishop has to climb through the church window, doesn't it? I mean, something's gone wrong there somewhere. He's been to the local nunnery, isn't it, is what's happened. And he's having to climb through. Yes, the whole of the Gothic architectural style for three centuries in the early 1100s was down to them trying to fit their hats through the door. No, devils are meant to sit and demons are meant to sit on the arches and the doors. If you've ever seen a roof going to a point sometimes they put a little diamond on the eaves yeah, that's yeah. to stop the devil 
from sitting on there. And of course, Gothic architecture was inspired with the sense of wanting to get closer to God. They actually built spires so high in Europe, plunging themselves into heaven, that a lot of towers actually collapsed. If it wasn't for counterfoils and buttresses and design of architecture back in the day, those things could never have been built because the weight of the spire would have pushed the cathedral walls out. But that's a fabulous story. And if people wish to see that, it's available to see on Facebook. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? Bad news. Oh, no. I'm bringing it down. Oh, no. You always do this. We have such a fun, happy show. And then you've got stories about kids being murdered and sexual abuse and, <laughs> you know, NASCAR That's being on the telly. all the time. <laughs> Route 29 Batman is killed after his Batmobile breaks down in Maryland. No, this has been yes. a really bad week for Batman because this week Batgirl died the too. original Batgirl died as well. If you're now sat at home and you were actually in the Batman series back in the day, you'd be quite worried, wouldn't you? <laughs> There's not many left, is there? I Burgess think Penguin, Ma- yeah, Penguin's dead. Yeah, he went a long time ago. Yeah. He died. Adam West. That was it. You got it. Yeah. No, he's not dead. No, he's he? not I don't dead. know. No, his career's dead, but he's still alive. And Burt Wolf's still not, with his us. His career's not dead. He's still on Family Guy. I wouldn't say that was the pinnacle of your career, that you're doing the it voice of the mayor. Okay, I get what you're saying. It's <laughs> paying for his gas money and his groceries. Right. <laughs> I see where you are. Okay, Kim, do continue. Uh, the Batmobile pulled into a gas station Sunday night, and as usual, the children who spotted it gawked. Lenny B. Robinson was used to that. The Maryland man, better known as the Route 29 Batman, had for years dressed as the caped crusader and driven his custom-made car to deliver moments of happiness and distraction to hundreds of sick children at area hospitals. His costume stored in the Batmobile, but his alter ego never entirely switched off. Robinson gave the kids at the gas station some superhero paraphernalia before driving off. Minutes later, Robinson pulled over with engine trouble on an unlit stretch of an Interstate 70 near Hagerstown, Maryland. That's the trouble with the Batmobile. You can never get the parts. Do you see what I mean? It's a one-off. You can't get the parts. It's not off the shelf. Yeah. It's not like they can turn up and say, yeah, it's a carburetor for a fold, is it? Do you see what I'm mm. saying? Yeah. Uh, the people he had just met parked behind him turning their emergency lights on. His car was stopped in the median but still partially in the fast lane when he got out to check the engine. Around 10.30 p.m., a Toyota Camry slammed into the Batmobile, propelling the steel-framed hunk of black metal into his body, and he died at the scene. The driver apparently had lots of white makeup on and a big red grin and green hair. Joker. Got him. I know. Yeah, that's too bad. That is. It's he, did a very... do, I, he, he was on the news a lot for the things he did for kids. Yeah, so you might have seen him. Yes, I am aware of the guy. There is actually a very famous gentleman who dresses up as Superman and hangs out at the crossroads of division in St. Cloud in the middle of Minnesota. And Does he, he really? Yeah. And the interesting thing is that he's a middle-aged gentleman and he's got, how can we describe this? He's eaten far too many burgers. So it's quite amusing. I mean, obviously, the guy has some mental illness issues and, you know, it's care in the community gone wrong, basically. But he would stand at the crossroads pretending to direct the traffic dressed from head to foot like Superman, but with a middle aged spread. It was quite remarkable. Nice. I just thought that was funny. But, yes, I, I can understand why people would do that. And it's very interesting that this week as well, Batgirl was taken so the two of them can walk hand in hand through the pearly gates. 
I've got a story here that says two drowned children's ghosts are haunting a pub. Spooky security footage shows glasses being thrown off the shelf. A poltergeist has been captured on camera throwing glasses around a Shropshire pub. The creepy clip shows pint glasses falling to the floor one by one. But no one is visibly behind the act. Could the stories that the pub is haunted by two children who drowned in the basement be true? I thought I had a problem with damp in my basement. There's enough damp there that originally two children drowned. How damp must your basement be if two children have drowned down there? Do you see what I'm saying? Well, you think about it. We were at the Fairlawns Museum now, right? That's right. Fairlawn House. Yes. And they had a swimming pool in the basement. Yes. This isn't a pub with a swimming pool because that would be incredibly dangerous, I suspect. (laughs) Drinking and water aren't a good combination, are they? Say that again. A sister. A sister. Yeah, sister. yeah, that's true. An underground spring or a well, perhaps, is obviously where that's going. Legend states that hundreds of years ago, two children were playing in the basement as their mother went out. But it flooded and they were trapped. And now Nick Bevan, who owns the Bassa Villa in Bridge, North Shropshire, has witnessed some serious spooky goings on. He arrived at work one morning to find glassy strewn across the floor. He got the fright of his life when he checked out the security footage and saw the glasses falling to the floor on their own accord after the pub was shut. Nick 33 said, I just turned up for work on Saturday morning and opened up as usual with the assistant manager when I suddenly noticed the smashed glasses on the floor. I thought, how did that happen? Because I knew the place would have been left tidy the night before. I wondered if someone may have been in the bar, so I reviewed the security cameras and there it was at 1.43. AM. There was no one in sight, the place was empty, and they just fell without explanation. Both of the glasses just let go. I checked out cameras from different angles to see if I could find a reason for it, but they all showed the same thing. Nick, who took over the bar and restaurant five months ago, says it isn't the first occasion that supernatural goings-on have occurred. He details how his left wrist was grabbed over three years ago when he worked in the pub before he managed it. We get a lot of visitors who come here because of the haunted history, and we're expecting a big group at the end of the year. I think they would be amazed if they were to see this. This reminds me, actually, of two incidences that we've experienced as the International Paranormal Society on our investigations. The first one, we talked about, literally minutes ago, we talked about the investigations we did up in Superior, up there in the north of Wisconsin. And one of them was in the Masonic Temple in Superior. And do you remember that in the bar area, in the basement, one of the ladies that worked there said that on occasion she saw glasses just flying off the shelves in the bar. So already I'm thinking, when I saw that, I was thinking that's a a phenomena that we've actually come across before. And then I thought of Greg, when the guy said he had his arm and wrist grabbed, it reminds me of the story with Greg here where we was in Pipestone at the museum and we were going into the textiles room where all the uniforms are kept and Greg had a K2 meter and was walking along the uniforms and we got really high readings for emf along those uniforms with all the residual energy that they brought with them and at that moment you kind of got your first contact sharply there with the paranormal world didn't you greg yep that's right you got grabbed by the arm we've got this on video because kim was actually videoing this was a walkthrough and uh, do you want to explain just a little bit about what happened to you there i got to the end of the uh, coat rack with all the uniforms hanging and was checking up the they put the k2 along the wall and all of a sudden my arm got pushed down it obviously didn't like what you was doing did it nope 
It actually felt like you'd been grabbed. You could feel the force of that going around your just, wrist. Just about all the way around my, my arm. The and when we reviewed the tape afterwards, do you remember the sound and how it built up? And then the minute you got grabbed, it stopped. Yes, we caught this by accident, actually. I think we were messing around in the studio and we were playing the video recording of the incident. Kim had recorded this um, of, of Greg being grabbed. And I think for whatever reason, we must have been playing some rock music because we had all the speakers turned up full blast and uh, we forgot that they were on that high. And as we played the video clip, we would never have heard this, I don't think, any other way. But just seconds before Greg was grabbed, you heard almost the sound of energy building up. I'm going to try and do an impression of that over the microphone, but it kind of went and kind of built up, didn't it? And the moment Greg got grabbed, it just dissipated and disappeared, almost like it led up to that event. And then when it grabbed Greg, the energy dissipated and it, and it just disappeared. So that was very interesting. So two things mentioned in that particular article, there are things we've experienced as a team. The best part of that experience for me is uh, Greg looking very ashen, turning around to the camera and saying, I'm just going to go out for a cigarette now. And everyone stood out of his way. <laughs> and very, very solemnly, he walked, he walked down. He did a walk of shame almost out of the building and sat and had a cigarette outside, which is a fabulous thing to do because I've seen people scream at the top of their voices and jump out of windows when, I've, uh, when they've had contact with the paranormal. But Greg was very calm on that occasion. I was just going to bring to light, too, if you don't recall, I remember um, you, you were talking about things being thrown um, off of the shelves. What about the time when a book got flung at Kim, which was hilarious as yes, well? Yes, we threw the book at her. So again, <laughs> this was a, my advice is to film your walkthroughs. Get, every, get all your equipment ready and do your walkthrough with all the equipment running because we have more stuff happen to us do we do? sometimes in the walkthroughs than we do on the investigations. But yes, we was at the library in Wyndham. And uh, it was like a scene from Ghostbusters, if you remember the library scene and uh, the beginning of Ghostbusters. And we was on the walkthrough and a book literally flew off the shelf and uh, presented itself to Kim. Two it was or a, three feet. I mean, it just right. didn't fall. It didn't it just flew. flop, it flew. This is obviously, <laughs> this <laughs> yes. is where we went. No flopping, proper proper throwing going <laughs> yeah, on here. Right. It flung itself. It was a book on lizards, I believe, wasn't it? Yes. The difference yeah. between geckos and lizards or something? Yeah. I can't recall. But yeah, this is true. There has been a lot of, of activity. Fabulous. We end the round. That is Ghosts and Hauntings. Greg is on one for recounting a fabulous story of being grabbed i'm on two heather's on zero kim is on two and nathan <laughs> is still in the lead on a resplendent three we move into the round that is ufos and cryptozoology it's green men it's hairy beasties heather what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and haunting i got big feet yes you do yes <laughs> i think that's the norwegian side of you have you ever thought about swimming i just would bring that up Oh, it's your story. Oh, my apologies. <laughs> man captures video of Bigfoot in Pennsylvania. So Pittsburgh, a man dedicated to finding Bigfoot in the Pennsylvanian woods, uh, says he is sure what he captured on camera was the actual creature. Dr. Squatch, a YouTuber. From <laughs> Dr. Squatch. <laughs> That's right. Is that like Dr. Zeus, but like a cheap Chinese version? I think so. Yes. Uh, he's a YouTuber from Allegheny County. He says he noticed the animal later while reviewing the footage he took in an area he refers to as the poop spot. Yes. <laughs> yes, we've all, been, we've all been to that McDonald's, haven't we? There was so much poop there, he says. I was looking at the ground the whole time. I wasn't looking at anything else 
holding the camera up in case I caught something. And I did. I missed this fella. The short video. He's got a video of a Sasquatch taking a dump. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Look, Maybe. there's one over there smoking a cigar. Oh. Oh. No. no. Okay. <laughs> the short video, which appears to have slowed down to half speed, shows a bunch of trees and a dark silhouette at the bottom of one of the trunks. They must get dingleberries, mustn't they? Yes. If they're covered in fur. They have Do you think a Sasquatch has ever gone up to a rabbit and said, when you go for a poop, does it ever stick to your fur? And the rabbit says no. So the Sasquatch picks the rabbit up and uses it. I don't think that's ever happened. My advice to rabbits is if a Sasquatch ever says to you, does poop stick to your fur? The answer is yes, it does. Uh, I would be my advice. Otherwise, you're going to get used, is what I'm saying. Is this what you do all day? What? what my bottom on rabbits. Do you know how difficult it is to flush them? I have to use the plunger. They don't go down quickly oh, as a rabbit. Oh, I thought you meant flush, like flush them out of the hole. Not no, I'm them sticking the them down the toilet with a stick. What do you think I meant? It's, it's like greyhound racing. I put the rabbit in the toilet, flush it, and it goes around in circles. I'm expecting it to be followed by greyhounds. Oh, we saw greyhounds this weekend. They're tall and wonderful. They anyway. are, and they have terrible problems with wind. Never get a greyhound. You'll have a smelly it house. It runs right through their hair. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Let me take my shirt off. Uh, what makes the Pennsylvanian so certain that the dark shape was a Bigfoot creature and not a natural formation, he says, is that he reportedly went back to the same spot the next day and there wasn't anything there. Gone. He took new footage at the same location, which he titled Return to Poop Spot. Why doesn't he have that scat analyzed to find out what it is and what, you know? I think it's just random poop, not necessarily squatch poop. Oh, I thought they had like one specific area that they did number two. That's not their lavatory. Okay, that's where I was thinking it was going. (laughs) Okay, he's uploading it to YouTube right away in order to make his case for his sighting. So look for Return to Poop Spot on YouTube as well as the poop spot have you posted your stories this week on twitter yes would you like to tell people what your twitter account is if you can recall there aren't any points if you get it right you know that oh it's mqta heather there you go at uh or on twitter on twitter there you go because she won't post her stories on our facebook no you'll steal them yes she has a fear that i will mine are fabulous well apparently so you're not you're not winning though i might add I have a story here where we jump into the world of UFOs. It says, watch speeding UFO following in the wake of an RAF Vulcan bomber as it flew close to a nuclear power plant. The footage shows the moment a speeding UFO flew through the air in the wake of a huge RAF Vulcan bomber. The footage shot close to a nuclear power station shows the small circular craft hurtling overhead. Witness Elaine Costello shot the footage on Saturday afternoon. She said the object appears right after the Vulcan bomber has gone out of sight. It flits from the left of the screen to the centre where the video ends. I have slowed the video down and the object goes behind a cloud very briefly. I took stills from the video and zoomed in. The results are very interesting. At least one other person actually saw the object as well. A photo of the UFO was shown to the expert Malcolm Robinson, founder of the Strange Phenomena Investigations Organization, who said it clearly has the classic flying saucer shape. This, for me, is one of the few times that a photograph has excited me, and I would love to inquire <laughs> more. Greg, have you ever had a photograph excite you? No. The no, night is still young. <laughs> I would love... I've got some photos of some gorillas somewhere, if you're interested. <laughs> and I would love to inquire more from the photographer, he said. 
we were discussing people can see this video footage again if they go to facebook more questions than answers with adrian lee this story is there and you can watch that video footage for yourself it's the classic saucer shape did we not discuss a couple of weeks ago that we no longer see the nuts and bolts ufo sightings of flying saucer yes. shapes and then lo and behold you wait for one to come along and then two come along at once so this was a very distinctive ufo shape i have seen it it's very odd i would mention as well the vulcan bombers have actually been decommissioned in britain for about the last 20 years that vulcan bomber must have been going to some sort of historic aircraft display because they're no longer in use but if people um want to recognize what one looks like it looks like a giant flying v if that makes sense they were incredible aircraft back in the day i remember um americans may not be aware of this but in 1982 we had a war with argentina over the Falkland Islands, a little island about 400 miles off the coast of Argentina. And I was 12 at the time. And I remember being in the playground at school and a whole squadron of Vulcan bombers went over on their way to the Falkland Islands. And I have never heard so much noise in all my life. I swear to God, the windows of our school fell out. The whole body shook and the pilots waved to us. They were that low going over the school. Imagine a whole you know, formation of these giant jet bombers, the old-fashioned ones that made a lot of noise, like the old lightnings going over the score. And I have very strong memories of that. But if people wish to see that, they're more than welcome to look at that online. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? Incredible footage shows seven UFOs dancing in the night sky. Oh, I see. I do a story about one, and then you, like, have seven... I see where we are. I've got Snow White, you've got the dwarves. I see where we are. Isn't that a difference of six? So that's six points, right? Okay, let's go. Wow. <laughs> this isn't how the show works. <laughs> These mysterious dancing dots spotted in the skies in an American city could be the first signs of an alien invasion, at least according to Michael Figueroa, who was with a friend and some children when he spotted these strange lights. He posted the footage on YouTube, which shows the seven dancing lights moving together in formation before splitting apart and finally disappearing. He and his friend are heard exclaiming in disbelief as they film the objects. He said, this is not planes, dude. No, it's not. Those are not planes, dude. That's like Scooby-Doo, is he? Like Shaggy over there. <laughs> right. I can't okay. believe how they talk. Yeah, man. They're going in the same direction. There are seven. How crazy they're moving. Look, look, and pointing. Those are not planes, dude. That's a plane right there. Yeah, man. And that's not. Yeah, it <laughs> See it disappeared. This is not Photoshop, people. This is crazy. Yeah, crazy. But, but people commented on the YouTube post saying the mysterious lights have a far more rational explanation. <laughs> I'm going to burst your bubble now. Oh, no. Ethan R. commented, just Google Chinese lanterns. These are not oh. UFOs. Oh. Didn't you have a rash of those over in England? Yes, there was a time when every other UFO sighted was Chinese lanterns. People were letting them go in cemeteries and all over the place. And they were landing in cornfields, like wheat fields, and catching the field alight. Cows would eat them and then die because they got stuck in their intestines. They're the devil's work, I tell you. No good will come of it. As a child, we made our own. These you can buy in the shops fairly cheaply. I remember my dad getting a big garbage bag with a, a tobacco tin filling it full of kerosene and lighting it and we would make our own can we do that we can do yes i'm sure the farmer around us would, would appreciate us catching their greg? corner light yes can we talk hey. to your fields greg <laughs> i do it now before 
gets all dry. There you go. <laughs> yes, we shall. After if, four days of rain. If any fires are reported in the Mountain Lake area over the next week, it's just us with some garbage cans and some kerosene. What could possibly <laughs> go wrong, dude? I have a story here that says senior citizen in Mexico injured by UFO. A 68-year-old man suffered a head wound that he claimed he had sustained when a UFO attacked him. The peculiar incident took place last month in Paso de Ovejas, involving Francisco Tostado, who had been cycling Tostado? along... Tostado? Tostado. That's not real. It's his name, I tell you. Okay. Francisco <laughs> Cheese Tostado, his name is. <laughs> Chip of coffee. Chip of coffee. <laughs> Tostado. It's Jesus Tostado. Jesus. Jesus Tostado, please. <laughs> who had been that's it i'm not going to heaven and it's live on air we've all heard it who had been cycling on a along a state highway i'm laughing because you know where this is going right he gets hit by an unidentified object as he's cycling along a state highway (laughs) did we not discuss bananas episode series one episode 18 we were discussing the fact that Mr. Bobbitt, what was his wife's name? I can't even Lorena, remember. Lorena, wasn't it? I'm looking no, for you for help. Lorena Bobbitt. Lorena Bobbitt. It was Lorena Bobbitt. Bobbitt. Oh, when well, she cut gonna... off his twig and berries, yes. she threw them out of the car window, right? As yes. she was driving along. Did we not have the discussion that if you was on a bicycle and <laughs> someone threw that out of the window at high speed and you were going along minding your own business, that all of a sudden, and it hits you in the face and you're off into the ditch, right? Yeah. We've had this discussion. It's not UFOs. He claims he was attacked by a UFO. Or a tostado. <laughs> he did. Or a, or a tostado. There's someone <laughs> tostadoed out of a window of a car. <laughs> Terrified that he was going to be taken away by visitors from another world. It's very easy, isn't it, to make fun of foreigners' last names. And very easy, I believe. Tostado, <laughs> Tostado scrambled, scr- scrambled Tostado towards a clump of bushes at the side of the road and hid there for quite some time. He was eventually discovered by a car mechanic who spotted him lying in the bushes as he was driving past. When the police arrived, the 68-year-old appeared to be badly injured and vehemently maintained that extraterrestrials had tried to kidnap him. Authorities initially believed that he'd been attacked by a coyote. However, local farmers played down this idea based on the fact that his wounds did not match those typically inflicted by wild animals where was he hit in the head he was hit in the head by what he claims by a coyote no yes it was on a <laughs> rocket with acne written on the side and it was after a road runner <laughs> me, me. what planet are you on this poor man's I'm been assaulted to figure out the logic of these cops no conclusive explanation for what has happened to Sostado has been Tostado. found. Sostado. <laughs> Only Professor Hans Zarkov, formerly of NASA, has provided any explanation. You just know someone has driven past at high speed and Tostado'd a can of Coke out the window, right? Right. Then it's hit him in the chops. Or a banana. Or a banana. Mm-hmm. Yes, this has happened. A gentleman <laughs> lost a testicle two weeks ago, didn't he? Because someone threw a banana out of a window. That's right. If he hadn't got in the way, it would have gone all the way back and come back to the guy. <laughs> You can never throw them away, those pesky bananas. I've now been handed a fresh cup of tea and the promise of cookies. I have fresh flashlight batteries and my mother has now stopped snoring. So onward as we march into the round that is strange and bizarre. It's the stories from around the world that do not fit into any other category. But are too fabulous not to read out live on air. Heather, where would you like to go tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre? Well, I have a woman... That's strange. Who accidentally cooks using shower gel. 
cooking with shower gel. Yum. It's bound to be on YouTube. I remember eating, probably yes, is. I did eat some shower gel once and I was blowing bubbles for two weeks. <laughs> Similar to Michael Jackson. <laughs> That'll be edited. Continue. <laughs> okay. For the longest time, Melanie Jackson couldn't work out what was making her cooking taste so disgusting. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. <laughs> I am for real. Did not mean to make your mouth cry. I'm sorry. sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, it's karaoke tonight on NQTA Radio. Start spreading the news. Ba, 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 da. Okay. <laughs> in what could be one of the most ridiculous cooking mishaps ever, a woman from West Harsham, Horsham? Horsham. 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 In West Sussex discovered to her horror that for several horror. months she had been mistakenly using a bottle of olive oil based shower gel oh. in her cooking in place of actual olive oil. <laughs> that meal just went right through <laughs> me, just slipped out. <laughs> Oh, man. While the £5.40 bottle of shower gel admittedly does look like it could be a culinary product at a glance, the word shower gel at the bottom of the label ought to have been a bit of a giveaway. Never mind that. What was she using in the shower? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Everything that woman cooks goes straight through me. I swear to God, the moment this <laughs> touched my lips, <laughs> gone disappeared <laughs> cut out the middleman sweetheart and just throw it down the toilet <laughs> oh, according to her post on facebook melanie ended up throwing away two saucepans because she believed they were responsible for her food tasting strange oh man it wasn't the saucepans dear anyway she even considered changing her dishwasher as well <laughs> Until she finally realized the extent of her blunder. Turns out what I thought was olive oil was olive oil shower gel, she wrote. Chef of the Week award is not mine. What? How can you I cook onion? I don't know. How? <laughs> you got your frying pan. You've chopped your onions up. You're about to brown your ground beef, your mince. You put your shower gel in. <laughs> at some point, surely. Because that's water-based. If you look at shower gel, the first ingredient... When a hamburger sw- helper starts really bubbling. That's right. Foaming. <laughs> that's what I'm busy thinking is it's got a bubble and foam. Yeah. Your chips, your chips are foaming. Can you foaming. imagine making a soup or something oh. and you pour in the broth? and it gets all <laughs> it's all coming over the top of the saucepan <laughs> i'm still worried about what she's using in the did shower you, did you remember it said several months she's several been months. using this Her poor husband he must she, have the, i don't think she has one she must have the cleanest colon in the whole of east britain <laughs> it must be clean as a whistle it must be squeaky clean either that it? or she swears a lot she needed her <laughs> mouth washed up there you soap. go bubbles everywhere that's terrible i have a story here that says is this the grim reaper dad spooked after kids spot hooded figure on the beach her dad has been given a fright after spotting the grim reaper on a beach in britain the ghoulish figure was seen this afternoon on the sound in southport merseyside wearing a long black coat or perhaps a cloak with the hood pulled up the figure also appears to be holding a long 
thin object, just like the harbinger of death. Martin Woodward was out with his children when he saw the figure in the distance. He took a picture and posted it on Twitter. Martin said to his children that it looked like the Grim Reaper. Writing on Twitter, he said, I have no idea what it is. After I told my boys it was the Grim Reaper, they wouldn't go near it. It looks awfully spooky, though. If people wish to see this, it is on Facebook. If you go to more questions and answers with Adrian Lee, you will see it. If you're a fan of the Star Wars films, it looks like a Jawa. It does look like a Jawa. It's very small and it's got like a hood. People have said that this is actually someone out clamming in the low tide in the mud. Midgets clamming. (laughs) There's a (laughs) speciality films. Have you got any of those... uh, you know, those midget clamming films. Have you got any of those? I just... <laughs> the Grim Reaper. The Grim Reaper bringing death to offshore mollusks left by the high tide. Do other creatures have a Grim Reaper? If the tide goes out and there's little mollusks and clams left on the beach baking in the sun, can't get back in the water, just before they do their death rattle and their last few bubbles, do they see the Grim Reaper appearing? Is this what's happened? Clams are dying. And the Grim Reaper's coming. Why does them. it look like you're going to cry? I feel bad for the clam. <laughs> I feel bad for that muscle, for that clam. It's Goodnight Vienna. He's off to that great big rock pool in the sky. Do you think a shrimp, <laughs> if a shrimp, in the a great big <laughs> bullet base of soup, that gumbo in the sky. Do you think if a shrimp, right, if a shrimp was about to die... Do you think if that shrimp had turned its back on religion and in its last moments of seeing the Grim Reaper, it would re-embrace God again? What do you think? Could it be a prawn-again Christian? (laughs) (laughs) I'm here all week. Try the fish. We move into our final round that is called Not For Your Mother. This is the round laden with stories of sexual intrigue and innuendo from around the world. Stories that you would not want your mother to listen to. If there's any minors with you, anyone who's easily offended, they need to be removed from the room and do some cooking with some shower gel (laughs) or be sat in a pile of Sasquatch poo. (laughs) Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? Funny you should mention poo. Again, it keeps recurring, doesn't it? It keeps coming back. Yeah, daily. Absolutely. (laughs) Sometimes once a week, whether I need it or not. It's lucky for me that the food at the state fair comes with a stick because it gives me some tools to work with. (laughs) That's not going down. It's articulated. It's it's got an elbow. You like the handicap stall because they have handles. Yes. Dead man's grip, we call that. (laughs) If you die, they'll never get your body out of there. They have to unscrew the handle and take it with you. You'd be laid out in the coffin, gripping the handle for the disabled toilet. You've had to take it with you. There's no way they're prizing that off. Dead man's grip. Accused shoplifter, 55, had stolen ribeye steaks in his colostomy bag. Oh, wow. It comes with its own gravy. Oh. Oh, (laughs) Bet you that tasted crappy. Uh, okay, never mind. A suspected South Carolina shoplifter with a taste for steak. God, I a can't taste. even say that. Got, hang on, there's, oh, there's carrots in this gravy uh, and some peas. Look, it comes with its own corn. <laughs> and peanuts. Oh, <laughs> you could spend your entire life not, e- through. not eating a carrot. <laughs> but I swear to God, if you're ever sick, there's bits of carrot in it. I, without fail, I don't know where they come from. It's, it's- usually corn. In this country, it is. In other countries, yeah. it's carrots. Really? Absolutely. All right. I could go my entire life without touching a carrot. The moment I'm being sick, a carrot will appear. 
It's almost <laughs> like at the other end. It's sucking things in for me to spit out at the other end. There's oh. a there's a grocery store a mile away, and carrots are floating in the air because they sense I am being ill, and they're being sucked up the high street, up osmosis? my bottom, and coming out through osmosis. <laughs> oh. I swear this is how it is. Well, anyway, the shop. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> a taste for steak allegedly hid his eligible loot or eligible edible uh, loot in an unexpected place, which was his own colostomy bag. Do you think they just uh, dusted it off and blew on it and said three second rule and put it back? Oh, gross. <laughs> David Hoyt, 55, of, of Woodruff, has been arrested and charged with a misdemeanor shoplifting under $2,000 in connection to the steak heist. It's called a heist now. A steak heist. Right. I'm going to take you for a slap-up meal at the steak heist. Oh. <laughs> it's a posh person trying to say steakhouse. Oh, Davinia, how sporting and spiffing of you. Let me take you out tonight for a trip to the steak heist. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how they spoke in my school in East London. Just like that. Okay. Watch out, Jerry's bought it now. It's it's war, war English. They don't have guns. They do on aeroplanes in the Second World War. And they were shooting at you in your school? Yes. It was a rough school. You lie. I knew it was a rough school because the moment I arrived, someone threw a brick at me and it missed my shoulder by four inches. It hit me straight on the head. <laughs> God. <laughs> According to an incident report cited by the station WSPA, Two food lion staffers spotted the sticky finger. Oh, oh the sticky finger! Carnivore oh, placing no. five bags of ribeye steaks priced at seventy-five dollars into a canvas colostomy bag. How big is this colostomy? How big is this bag? He was just full of. Yes, we know what it's crap. full of. <laughs> oh, As Hoyt headed for the exit, the quick-thinking supermarket workers made a note of the make and model of his car and wrote down his license plate number before he drove off. The Spartanburg County Sheriff's deputy who responded to the scene headed to a home of on Pool Street in Woodruff, belonging to Hoyt's girlfriend, and found his Nissan parked outside. I'm not quite sure why that's important. but It's we'll very anyway. odd the things they bring up. It'll mention her, her age next. Uh, I think it does, actually. There you go. When interviewed by police... Hoyt's paramour, 47-year-old Angela Woody, revealed that the 55-year-old man had lifted the steaks from the store and stashed them in his colostomy bag for safekeeping. You're right, because nobody would look there, seriously. The colostomy pouch is commonly used to drain waste after a portion of the patient's colon had been surgically removed, in case you were wondering. Or they'd been cooking with shower gel for two years. It might be an improvement. I don't. That's how you clean it up. Forget it. <laughs> no, that's not good. I don't wish to make fun of this surgical procedure because it's very obviously something not that people, good. Not, it's good. not good. But something I've always been intrigued about, and I don't know if anyone can answer this. You must still get wind, right? You must still have wind from the digestive pit. If you say bagpipes, I'm going to punch <laughs> you. <laughs> that wasn't on my mind, but now you brought it up. Wow. That's why people have them in Scotland. That's just wrong. I'm wondering, you must still get wind. Stop looking at me. I'm wondering, they must inflate, right? There must be a valve. If you're swimming in the sea with a colostomy bag and suddenly, and it inflates, you could drown. If that gets to the surface and you can't What are you get- talking about you can drown? If it inflates with air, you can float. Yes, but if your if your lower intestinal tract area is floating to the surface, surely at that point other parts of your body are going to be under the water. If Granddad, right, 
has had some beans and some pulses and maybe a curry. Is there a point where he sat there in his chair and suddenly <sniffs> the bag inflates? He's off over the chimneys. He's off over the roofs. Go and get the 22. We're going planking. We've got to get Grandad back down. <sniffs> Does he then <sniffs> come down like a balloon that's been, you know, deflated? He's got. <sniffs> And then granddad comes down in someone else's garden. You've got to knock on the door and say, excuse me, I think my granddad's come down in your garden. Can we go and have a look, see if he's out there? You <laughs> see, and this thanks is, for the fertilizer. And thanks for the fertilizer. <laughs> it's always good on my rhubarb. I'm wondering what happens. Do you get wind if you have a colostomy bag and where does it go? There are more <laughs> questions than answers. Do you have any more to that? Are we done with the bagpipes? Well, I was just going to let you know that he denied the theft, but he later admitted to taking the meat products without paying. But he denied it. How can you deny it? It's got crap written all over it. (laughs) And there ends a moral tale. I've no idea what the moral is, but I'm sure there's one in there somewhere. I was wondering if the police kept it for evidence. There you go. Yes. That would be bad news, wasn't it? His whole bag? Yeah. Yeah, that's not good news. <laughs> that's even a nasty taste in my mouth. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? A hapless man has four curtain rings removed from his penis as firefighters are called to cut the member free. Firefighters. <laughs> what on earth was that man doing? Firefighters wow. are always be, doing good things, aren't they? They, they are. shouldn't be cutting his member free. They should be cutting the rings free from his member. If it was that woman who was cooking with shower gel, I mean, you could have just used the olive oil that she'd put up in the bathroom. It would have come off fabulous. <laughs> she didn't put the shower gel in her bathroom. It's in her kitchen. Oh. Yes, but the olive oil was upstairs in the bathroom. Correct. That's where I'm going. Well, I, she, I don't necessarily know We don't that know. We're making the assumption assuming. that she swapped those around. We're assuming she had shampoo or any Some other bathroom product i see where you're going <laughs> so now i'm now intrigued i mean were they large rings or small rings there was a guy i knew went into a pharmacist and wanted to buy some condoms and condoms come in different sizes now apparently who knew so the woman behind the counter said well what size do you want and he said i don't know i, I don't know what's normal i don't know what sizes there are apparently now in the pharmacy they've got a board with lots of holes drilled in it, and you can gauge how big you are, and that's the size of the prophylactic they'll give you. So she said to the guy, go in the waiting room back there, use the board, come back and tell me what size you are. He came back 10 minutes later, covered in sweat, bright red, and said, don't worry about the condoms, I'm keeping the board. (laughs) God's honest, that has genuinely happened, I swear to God. So I'm now interested what size curtain rings or shower curtain Uh, rings. The hapless fellow was taken to the hospital after the rings got stuck around his member. But doctors at the facility in Cali, Valle del Cusha, Colombia, Colombia, lacked the specialist cutting tools required for such a tricky job and had to call in the firefighters. Oh, no. Rescue experts spent over an hour removing the metal rings. Meanwhile, there's someone burning alive in a house because they're not there. (laughs) This is what I always think of. There's some poor guy somewhere in a burning house, and they're attending to a guy who's got curtain rings stuck on his wieners. I should say. Yes. Uh, According to the news outlet, the procedure required a steady hand in a sensitive (coughs) region. Maybe a quick hand. And the firefighters had to be extra careful not to injure the stricken man. There was reportedly a risk of causing irreparable damage to the man's penis. Surely the best thing to do there is like with a Band-Aid. You just rip it off, don't you? You just give it a good hard time. Ooh, ouch. Just, uh, 
done with. Do you see what I'm saying? I don't think they could because... It's swollen. Yeah. And then engorged itself and you yeah. can't then... I see where you're going. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that can happen. Four. Four. I mean, after one, what makes you put the next... I mean, what he's done there is gathered up the shower curtains and he's practicing the physical arts, <laughs> isn't it? Is what's happening. No, I just thought of something. Oh, it no. might be like those African tribes, you know, where they do the ring around the neck to make them their neck longer. Yes. Maybe he was... Tra- no. there, is, there, are, there are tools that specifically do that. For um, men? Yes. I'm okay. not going to go in... <laughs> yes. Kim knows what Who they knew? are. Who knew? <laughs> this is a fun and informative show for all the family. <laughs> yes, they do have specific names and that does exist. Absolutely. We'll do research. We will do... Yes, and th- I won't see <laughs> you for a week, will I? This no. is what will happen. What are you doing in there? You've been in there for three days. I'm having to feed you with pancakes and pizzas under the door frame. <laughs> she won't even open the door. What are you doing in there? Let me in. Open the door. What are you doing? <laughs> Another ten minutes. Open up. This is what's going to happen. Wow. You'll come mm. out a hundred pounds lighter with big bright red eyes with matchsticks holding them up. That's I know right. how this works. Yeah, I've seen you well. do research. <laughs> <laughs> I have to finish the end of the story for you. You'll like this. Officials have told the local newspaper that he received medical and psychological care for the embarrassment this situation may have caused. And officials reported that such cases occur three to four times a year. Wow. You know what I say to a psychological thing? It's all in his head. There you go. I see what you did there. Yeah. I'm just wondering. <laughs> the wife's out. She's at a bridge club. You're sat there. You've got a bag of Doritos. You've got a ramen noodle. You decide that you're going to have a little bit of fun, practice a bit a of honesty. A little onanism. bit of how's your father. Yeah, and you put on Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> Does it for me every time. Oh, no. I have a story that says Catholic priest tells children gay sex is like cramming a bagel into your ear. You like bagels, don't you, Nathan? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I quite like ears. A Catholic priest. I sit at home and chew dried apricots and pretend they're ears. A Catholic priest has sparked outrage by bizarrely comparing gay sex to a bagel in your ear. What kind of depraved acts is he practicing in the deli? And how does he know? How does he know that feels like gay sex? For that sentence to make sense, one, he must have stuffed a bagel in his ear, and two, he must have had gay sex. Do you see where I'm going with this? I see. Reverend John Ricardo was speaking at a conference called Welcoming and Accompanying Our Brothers and Sisters with Same-Sex Attraction in Michigan. Ah, Michigan! Hooray! The (laughs) gathering aimed to promote celibacy amongst Catholics with same-sex attraction. Basically, it's saying it's okay to be gay, but if you're with a man or you're with another woman and you're a woman, you need to abstain. I guess is where this is From bagels? Yes. Don't go near them. Don't even look at the bagel. (laughs) There's websites out there, you know, where there's a bagel and it's winking at you. I get bagel weekly and uh, the middle centre space spread. There's always this big bagel opened up. It's terrible. (laughs) I just, every time. The gathering aimed to promote celibacy amongst Catholics. The bagel spread. (laughs) Oh, jeez. What's wrong with you? The cleric told the attendees how often he explains gay sex to junior high students. In fact, I'll just show you, kids. (laughs) He said he tells them, what if I just ripped open a bagel? I take it and cram it in my ear. Why did you say that in such a salacious voice? (laughs) He says to the children, what if I just uh, rip it open and 
and uh, take it and cram it all the way in my ear. What would you say? <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> People with bagels in their ears can't say no. I'd say Princess you had. Leia. I'd say, yeah, oh God. <laughs> I can't get through the first 20 minutes of Star Wars. <laughs> Gone. Next. I'd say you have the wrong part of the body. <laughs> and surely it's a summer sausage and not a bagel. He's got the wrong deli food there from the beginning. Gross. He added that when they respond that it doesn't go there, he says, exactly. And doing so will ruin your rear canal. It could stretch and rip your rear canal. <laughs> God. But despite his views, he insists that God and the church do not hate gay people or bagels absolutely <laughs> but they are jewish so we're on thin ice <laughs> the conference <laughs> did not go down well with some catholics including the group fortunate families a detroit-based organization that represents lesbian and gay catholics and their family members and bagels and bagels <laughs> bagels are us there is a bagel helpline at the end of this if you wish to <laughs> Member Tony Nelson said from a protest outside the convention centre, it's medieval times all over again. If God created gay people, then gay sex seems to be a natural thing, whereas hard, penetrating ear sex with Jewish breads is the devil's work, I tell you. Do you know it took me a whole week to get all that cream cheese out of my ear? <laughs> Good times. Is that it? Do you not have another story? Do you want me to read it? Go on. I see you just threw it away. Oh. You're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to dead air now. I'm gonna have to tread water while you search so around in the detritus. Have to put some spread on your bragel. On my bragel. On your I'm bragel. bragel. <laughs> Is that some bream trees on my bragel? Bream some trees. S- yes. Ugh. Uh, a man. A man. Tattoos. There we go. A six-inch penis to his leg. Oh my. To his leg. Oh, yeah. I was on his leg. I, I went to the tattooist once, and I got a tattoo on my twig and berries. And I came home, and I said to my girlfriend at the time, look at this tattoo. And she said, why have you got the word far written on your penis? I said, no, that says Ferrari. <laughs> no. No, okay. okay. Uh, there are some things in life that you just can't come back from. And for Stuart Valentino... That thing was tattooing a six and a half inch penis to his leg. Oh, man. It was terrible. That's going to be difficult when you go swimming with the kids in the local swimming She baths. mentions it. Oh, it's mentioned. She mentions it. Okay, it. fair enough. Valentino, who was formerly dubbed the world's most annoying husband. Yes, he has been dubbed that. Well, he's had an award for that. And everything. Has been kicked out of his own home by his wife after his latest DIY tattoo he, it's, uh, do it yourself what she yeah. had a bottle of ink and a needle yeah she got it for him for christmas <clears throat> yeah um but it was the final straw for samantha who just last month told valentino to leave their south sea home for good so i think this is in england isn't yes it? i think is south, south sea is near liverpool perhaps a lot of yeah. stories from lancashire and uh, merseyside today the they home of the were Beatles. full of them today the six and a half inch hand drawn <laughs> was draw. terrible uh penis did that- he just draw around it did he kind of put it there with gaffer tape and draw around it? And- he looks awful small. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I think right. he was just yes. hoping. It was one of those things, you know, you used to get them in a Christmas stocking where you could do a little drawing and there's some levers and some screws and, the, you know, three foot away from you, it's twice the size on another bit of paper. Have you any idea what I'm talking no, about? No, like a projector. Yes, absolutely. They use them for doing 
uh, drawings on the top of a cake. Perfect. That's exactly it. So if you want a penis on a cake, I'll sit there. I'll whack it out <laughs> on the table. Kim can draw around it. and The t- cupcake. That old man. <laughs> I was thinking more of a three-tiered wedding cake, but you have it your way. Was that a cock cake? Oh, no. Um, anyway, this father of four is known for his YouTube pranks, which have included pretending to eat cat poo. Oh, that's hilarious. Yes. A prank which actually made his wife vomit and drawing a monkey's face on her bottom while she slept. That's not funny. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> oh, my. Maybe he used a bingo dauber for that job. Uh, oh, <laughs> my mother told me. To Ridiculous. Put away your That's right, because I'll go blind. <laughs> she said to me that when she was younger and she was in school, she got bullied because she was so thin. She was very waif like my mother. And you've got to remember, she grew up in the late 40s, early 50s, and kids looked like kids. They were skinny, and, you know, rationing was still taking place after the Second World War. And she told me and my sister rather ridiculously, I warn you, if you're a parent out there, never tell your kids what your nickname used to be at school, because they will make your life a misery. So my mum told me and my sister that she used to get called Olive when she was at school after olive oil. Popeye. I'll blow down. You see what I did there? Mm-hmm. So we called my mum Olive from that point on. My mother was Olive. To the point that when my friends came round to my house, they called her Olive too because they thought that was her name. I had to tell my friends, you really don't want to be calling my mother Olive because that's not her name. But you call her Olive, they used to say. So she was named Olive. My mum fell asleep on a Sunday afternoon after Christmas dinner. She fell asleep. She'd had a port and lemon. She was asleep. I got a Sharpie with my sister and i wrote the word olive on the back of her ear in marker pen she went back to work she works in a hospital as a biochemist in east london one of the biggest hospitals in europe and while she was working in the biochemistry lab all in a nice white coat looking very professional a doctor came up to her and asked her why she had the word olive written on the back of her ear (laughs) <laughs> and me and my sister laughed it was very funny that's terrible you call your mom olive instead of mom no we call her ma now it's very east london right ma i call her ma ma my mom's that sounded ma. like you were from texas ma i'm sure there's All a right, ma. you the boar's been jerking off in the back of my rv no <laughs> i've never said that in my life you haven't owned an rv <laughs> ma i've never owned an rv <laughs> um Anyway, Valentino said it caused no end of rows, and she has now kicked me out of the home. I deserve it, I suppose, really. In retrospect, I'm not surprised. It really is the stupidest thing I had ever done. Now, um, this tattoo is actually going to cost roughly a thousand pounds to remove, which is the money that could have been spent on a family holiday. Would you have gotten much? Yeah, that's a, a fair. That's a, that's about sixteen hundred dollars. Really? You can go to Disneyland for the for the same Disneyland. cost of removing a penis tattoo. Uh, <laughs> God, <laughs> just put it out there. I mean, no, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Since being kicked out, Valentino, who works as a lorry driver, said, "I had no idea that the joke would ruin my life. I'm devastated. I've lost my family and frustrated with myself. I can't blame anyone else." He's embarrassed himself. He's embarrassed his family. His friends his country yeah i know he added that's 
he's now got a constant reminder of how stupid he's been poking out from underneath his shorts. Yes, that's not good news. I think before we and end the show... It's a terrible drawing, too. I know, it's, it's like, like a, a line drawing. I know, there's no yeah. variation of thickness of line. There's no tonal variation. He's not shaded there's it no properly. There's no depth of field. There's no veins. You can't see anything. It's there's appalling. no reality It's just a length. line. It's a line drawing, I tell you. <laughs> there's no depth in it at all. Composition's terrible. It's just lopped there. Like it's fallen to one side. Yeah, Just a lazy true. lob is where we go. <laughs> I would like to go around the room. Before we end tonight's show, I would like everyone to tell me what their nickname was at school. Oh, Kim started to cry. Don't cry, Kim. It's all coming back to you. I will get the ball rolling just to give you time to think. I had two nicknames at school. I had white blonde curly hair when I was a kid. So what do you think I got called? Curly Sue. Curly Sue. I got called Shirley after Shirley Temple. So some people Uh... called me Shirley. I was at school at roughly the Don't same... Don't call me Shirley. That's exactly what's going on. You're absolutely <laughs> right. This was roughly around the time the Alien films were coming out by Ridley Scott. And uh, this is genius, absolutely genius. You can tell the wit of the East London children. I got called Alien because it sounds a bit like Adrian. Do you see what they did there? Yes. So that's my contribution. Only one person has ever called me Adie. And I used to play soccer semi-professionally. And the only person I can ever think of in my entire life that's called me AD was back in the early 90s. We had a big black guy playing in goal. He was a fabulous friend of mine. And when he used to grab the ball, he would shout out AD and then just launch the ball to me. And I'd go running up the other end of the pitch and he would kick it to me. And I kind of remember that. So that's quite a nice, a nice thing to recall. Heather, what were you called when you was at school? Easy. I- <laughs> we've heard about dairy queen we know what you've got up to um i think the only thing i can only one of them i can remember is heater heater yeah like heathen no like heater like um i used to play softball and i was very good at it and so they called me heater i don't get the connection are we saying hitter heat er H-E-A-T-E-R. Okay. Heater. That still doesn't make any sense to me. You were good at softball. It has to do with the heat of the ball and how, and how fast, fast she it threw goes. it. Oh, mm-hmm. all becomes clear. We don't have softball in Britain. We have proper sports, remember? Like soccer and cricket and rugby. And Baccarat. That's the sort of thing, yes. We, we're top of the Olympic table for Baccarat. That's how we get our gold medals. But Baccarat. <laughs> <laughs> Kim, can you recall anything from your childhood? Yes. Are you going to share that with the nation, with the 6,000 followers we have on Twitter? I suppose. Um, okay, you don't have to. This isn't like a well, therapy session. Well, it's just it's way different nowadays. Uh, my name was Skinny Minnie. Skinny Minnie. I was 75 pounds up until I hit the ninth grade, and I graduated at 95. Well, having kids doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, anything you'd like to share with us? I don't remember any. No, it was that long ago. Greg never did history at school because there wasn't any. If anything comes along, I can't believe you've got the last name of Gore and no one's come up with anything. I find that remarkable. Blood and Gore, Guts and Gore. He's had plenty of nicknames since he's been on the show. He's been called Craig. Grim. Grim. Grim and Keg. Gregalope. Gog. Gig. Depending on how much we've been drinking before the show starts. This is true. Some of them actually beginning with G as well, remarkably. (laughs) Nathan, is there anything you'd like to get off your chest? 
Bush. Bush. Yes, your last name is Bush. So we've got Bush and Gore. Fabulous. Yes. I've got some <laughs> videos I brought over from Europe that contain a lot of Bush and Gore. Fantastic. <laughs> well, that brings everything to a glorious conclusion. Well, all good things come to an end, so let us look at tonight's scores. In last place with the K2 meter with the dead battery, it is Greg on one resplendent point i am on four heather is on five and is leading and is in the lead and has won kim is on two nathan is on three so the fabulous thirty-three thousand dollar ir camel will be presented to heather after the show do not fear listener remember we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time and i would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal the strange the last death rattles of mollusks the bizarre the weird and sasquatch number twos please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee or you can email me at mqta at rocketmail.com you can also join my twitter account at adrian underscore lee underscore tips and just to let you know that we have now another 20 to 25 minutes of the show called not for your mother so if you wish to listen to parts of the show that we can't possibly read out live on air for fear of being removed or getting a ten thousand dollar fine the stories from around the week that we can't read out in any other category than not for your mother laden with sexual innuendo and anything else that's going to get us fined you're more than welcome to join us now on soundcloud and listen to that my gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to lorna hunter heather morris Tom drainer kim and greg gore and nathan bush all at the international paranormal society int paranormal.net and all of the show's sponsors including the lakes area paranormal interest group and mufon of minnesota it just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember be interested and interesting good night <laughs> <laughs>